Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let them have it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. did for me what day is it again is it still monday yeah okay so i did the monday morning show you know while you were sleeping at 2 a.m this morning 2 to 5 a.m and we started the show talking about the baseball from the weekend and the overreaction to the pitch clock and all that stuff which we'll get into but as of this moment boy this is weird i feel like i haven't done a show in this time slot in hmm, i don't know forever 7 p.m there is a game a few blocks away about to tip off in a half hour that is actually a big game. Figures, right? The one that I think I get to do 7 at midnight. There's a game on that I actually want to watch tonight. I want to watch the Knicks. Hey, I got an idea. Why don't we watch it together? We'll definitely talk about it afterward. But, you know, you just heard Ack mention Brown is going to be out for Boston. This is a huge game for the Knicks. How many times have those words been said on these airwaves in the last 25 years? This is a big game for the Knicks. Hard to believe, right? Pinch me, am I dreaming? Is this 1997? Knicks and Celtics at the Garden. And, you know, you look at the the amount of games left here, where the Knicks are in the standings, the way that they've been playing since the All-Star break. This is one of those typical games where they'll just get pummeled and everybody will be, ah, the Knicks suck. Forget it, let's move on. Ah, they're best, uh, you know, best of playing team. But because of what the Nets did, trading KD and Kyrie, because of the way the Knicks have played here, mainly with Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle, and look, the addition of Hart, has been great. The shortened rotation from Tibbs, that's old school Pat Riley stuff, something that I love and miss terribly. It's nice, even for a night, and the Knicks have a grueling schedule coming up. Right now, as we sit here, they are three games back of the Cavaliers for that fourth seed, and really, they're not going to be any better than that and, and probably won't get to that fourth spot, but it is a possibility. But their schedule is daunting, beginning with tonight. And you... you at least for the moment, have, as a Knicks fan, if you've stayed with this crappy franchise for all this time, you've earned the right to be excited about these next couple of nights. 
Celtics tonight. Nets, of course, on Wednesday. A team that actually, a Nets team that's actually beatable for this Knicks team now. This is a big one. If the Knicks could somehow win this game tonight, even without Jalen Brown, who cares? I don't care who's playing for the Celtics. Get the win. If they could somehow win this game tonight, I think the attention here, although this is a baseball town and we're getting excited about the Mets and Yankees, the attention will start to really be on this Knicks team and how far can they go. Not go in the playoffs, but how far can they climb up that ladder, get to the fifth spot with the Nets, maybe get to the Cavs, as we said, with that fourth seed. Knicks taking on, of course, Celtics tonight, Nets on Wednesday, then travel to Miami on Friday, and then at Boston Sunday. That's a nice four-game stretch here against teams, you know, obviously Boston twice, the top team in the Eastern Conference, and the two other teams that they're battling with for position in the NBA's Eastern Conference. This is an important four-game stretch. You don't need to go over the whole schedule and look at the West Coast trip that's coming up, which is, you know, part of the daunting task that we talked about. I don't care who they're playing. Those West Coast trips never go well. You know, and then even coming home, take it on. Denver is going to be tough. It's going to be a tough stretch here to close out this season and hang on. And while I mention Jalen Brunson, who's been a star, he's the reason why there's hope. If the if you forget about just the results of the record, Jalen Brunson actually gives you hope that something real can come of this. You know, Mitchell Robinson coming back healthy, but the X factor. It's a guy who had the big game last time out, or a big game last time out against the Pelicans, R.J. Barrett. And I don't like Barrett as a player. I mean, personally, he seems like a nice guy. And I do love his work ethic. It's him as a player that's the problem. Everywhere else on this Knicks roster, you're getting almost exactly what you expected. Young guys have contributed a little bit when asked to do so. You know when Robinson's healthy, what he's going to bring to the table. Randall's been an all-star again this year, like he was a couple years ago. Jalen Brunson, better than expected. I mean, that's how you have seasons like the Knicks are having, where you exceed expectations, where Brunson has exceeded many's expectations, except maybe the Knicks themselves. Brunson becoming a legitimate star player in this league at the point guard position, something the Knicks have not had. Grimes contributing. Again, he, he's got to be more consistent, but still a young player with some potential. The addition of Hart has been huge. Emmanuel quickly has been huge. It's R.J. Barrett. The inconsistencies, the struggles of R.J. Barrett, that to me is the X factor, the biggest issue with the Knicks, the potential of Barrett if he plays at a high level like he did against New Orleans the other day. If he plays like that consistently, to go along with what you're getting from Randall, what you're getting from Brunson, and what you're getting from Mitchell Robinson and Quentin Grimes and Hart, you know, the reserves. If you get a consistent top-level performance from R.J. Barrett, I don't think it's a stretch to say the Knicks could win a round and maybe be a competitive second-round team. Am I going to get nuts here? And for the record, my opinion is different than what could happen. I do not think R.J. Barrett can be that player. He's shown it at times, which gives you hope he might be able to be that player consistently. I don't believe that he could be that player consistently. But if he could be that player consistently, then the Knicks can go to another level. Because right now, even with Barrett being inconsistent, we still figure they're going to be a 5 or 6 seed. 
Now, there's a big difference in that as well. You'd much rather play the Cavaliers. And doesn't it suck that it's the Cavs there with Donovan Mitchell? Imagine how we'd feel now. And I don't remember the, or not, I don't remember, we don't know the specifics of why the Knicks turned down that deal. We heard the multiple reports. It wasn't Barrett that was the holdup, but too many picks. So considering that the deal would have been R.J. Barrett as a potential centerpiece along with the picks, I mean, looking back, they probably regret the Knicks, dude, not doing that deal. Because if you could swap Barrett right now, who gives a crap about those picks? What are you going to do with them anyway? They're not going to be top picks. And you can't have, you know, a billion of them. Trade some of them. That's why the Knicks are stockpiling and have been stockpiling those assets, right? To trade them. They thought they had the leverage in the Cavalier or uh, in the Donovan Mitchell talks. Turns out they didn't. He gets traded to the Cavs. And you look at what could have been, and I hate to look back and, oh, you know what? I don't mind looking back, actually. You look back, though, at what could have been if they could swap right now on this roster R.J. Barrett for Donovan Mitchell, you'd do that a billion times out of a billion. And it would make the Knicks significantly better, potentially taking them to a a legitimate four and one of the top teams. I mean, will they chance to potentially win a second-round matchup? That's the difference between Donovan Mitchell and an established, consistent superstar in the league versus R.J. Barrett, a player that they drafted with potential, but also with major issues. I mean, when you draft a guard that can't shoot, you're drafting a two-guard, number three overall. What's wrong with this picture? Drafting a shooting guard who can't shoot. Oh, is that all? No, wait, there's more. He actually, his strength is attacking the rim, but, oh, I like that. I love guys that can attack the rim, but what's the but? But he has issues shooting free throws. Oh, okay. So a shooting guard that can't shoot and a guy whose strength is attacking the rim but can't hit free throws. Well, I mean, I'm surprised he didn't go number one overall. But R.J. Barrett, to his credit, has worked hard year in, year out. He's improved until this year where there's been a clear regression. And it's maddening. It's maddening because he is not the final piece, but he's a piece that is holding this team back. If they got what they were supposed to get. Look, to win the NBA, you need stars, right? Well, when you draft third overall, it's got to be a star. You could talk about the Knicks getting unlucky in regards to they should have had the top pick that year, and they don't. Zion off the board, and and probably the Knicks would have taken Zion anyway. Who? I'd rather have than R.J. Barrett, don't get me wrong, but it's not like he's been some, you know, game-changing superstar for New Orleans, as good as they have been this year. John Morant was that player. That was the guy I wanted all along. You figured even if the Knicks, they would have gotten lucky by getting unlucky falling out of the top pick because they wouldn't have had a choice but to take John Morant. Even they couldn't have screwed that up. Although, looking back, maybe they would have uh, drafted R.J. Barrett anyway. But Ja was the guy. Imagine how things would have changed if John Morant was drafted as we continue to look back. But present day, they have R.J. Barrett. And for them to get to that next level, the third pick overall has to play like a star. There's no excuse not to. The problem is, as much as he works on his jumper, he's never going to be a good shooter. You could see it. He doesn't shoot with consistency. He doesn't shoot with confidence. Whether it's a three. I I mean, I cringe. I cringe when R.J. Barrett shoots the basketball. That's not a good thing as a fan watching those games. You want to have confidence. And by the way, even if, you know, when Jalen Brunson pulls up and shoots, 
even if he's going to miss some shots, you still have confidence. Quentin Grimes, whatever, going back to the old days, Starks, not like he knocked down every three, but you felt confident, or at least I did, when he pulled up, even in the, you know, two for 18 game. You felt confident the next one was going down. With R.J. Barrett, I oh, cringe, wince, hold my breath, and it's it's ugly. You know, I kind of feel the same about Julius Randle because Randle is not a three-point shooter, but Randle has proven that he could be certainly more consistent than R.J. Barrett. Now, with the arrival of Josh Hart, maybe that takes some of the, or the emergence of guys like Grimes and Quickly, that could take some of the, not pressure, maybe burden away from R.J. Barrett to where he doesn't have to do as much. But make no mistake about it, R.J. Barrett is holding this team back. And if he can build off of what he did against New Orleans, and start to put together some consistent games like we've seen in the past and maybe just turn a corner. I don't know what it's going to take for him. Look, forget shooting. Just attack the rim then. Work on the free throws. He's got to find some kind of strength here to help this team out. But a huge game at the world's most famous arena. And I had to open with that because that just doesn't happen often enough around here. I mean, we know the Rangers do their part or have done their part in recent years. But the Knicks, a big game for the Knicks at the Garden? If I wasn't working, maybe I'd go over there. Jalen Brown, no Jalen Brown, doesn't matter. A big game, two really big games for the Knicks. You want to expand it to the final stretch here? It's all important. We're in an otherwise meaningless regular season in the NBA, and I can't and haven't really gotten into the NBA's regular season in many years for obvious reasons. The Knicks have been irrelevant. Two years ago was one of my favorite regular seasons in recent memory and maybe ever where the Knicks kind of came out of nowhere and gave you something to watch every single night and finish with that top four, with that number four seed before losing to Atlanta in the first round. Then the disappointing year that followed where all we were looking for was some kind of consistency. Didn't get it. It's disheartening. It's deflating. Randall completely fell off. And then this year, nobody really knew what to expect. And they've given you a season again. A season, a regular season with meaning for them. You want to talk about the Sixers or Bucks or Celtics where you know those are going to be top teams regardless of where they finish. They're going to be top teams in the postseason. For the Knicks, this matters. Seeding matters. The difference between five and six could mean the difference between potentially getting to the second round. Which, I mean, as you know, one playoff series win in the last, what, 25 years or so? Unacceptable. Anyway, big game at the Garden. We'll take your calls on it on the other side. 877-337-6666. We'll get into the baseball as well. I know the Knicks are going to tip off at 730, which is why I wanted to start with it now. And then, of course, we'll watch the game live together, if you so choose, and then talk about it afterward, whenever that game ends around, what, 10 o'clock? You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
and 30, 10 o'clock. So we'll keep an eye on that all night long. Get into the baseball stuff, as we said, as well. Whatever else is on your mind on this Monday night. 877-337-6666. Sal Licata on the fan. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. The New York Mets have acquired Mike Piazza from the Florida Marlins. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Sal Licata back on the fan, 877-337-6666. We'll get the latest from Mets camp. We'll talk to my buddy Danny Wexelman, who is covering all sorts of uh, spring training, but she was with the Mets uh, earlier in the week, I believe. We'll talk to her coming up at 8 o'clock. Figured I'm going to do a lot of baseball tonight as we sit here and watch the Nick game and talk some baseball before we can react to the big Nick game after the fact. Hey, Rosie, what's the deal with Patrick Kane, dude? Is it happening or what? I mean, is Kane or come? He is coming. It's just a matter of, of timing here, right? What are we waiting for? All the moves yeah. are being put in place. So, like, it, when's this happening here? It's going to happen Wednesday or Thursday. It's all cap space related because the NHL cap is so ridiculous yeah. that the longer they wait, the more cap room they have. That's why they only played 5D last night. They were short so, so a guy. So they're waiting for the last minute because of the cap situation. Yes. You say, all oh, right, because all the money that the Blackhawks will be paying him yes. up until that final day. Right, that's when. So Patrick Kane is going to be, unless something disastrous happens. Yeah. yeah. You well, don't with short... you, disaster is always a possibility right, because you, you were here with Carlos Correa when he broke that news, when, when you broke that news on the air. Yes, I did. That he was coming to the Mets. Yes, I did. Yeah. I mean, not you specifically, but you let everybody know. About I let everybody know. It. Yeah, I remember. you. Uh, and then I called you. All I heard was, uh, oh my God. Uh, oh, my God. Or something of the sort. I'm paraphrasing. Oh, my God. Is this real? This can't be real. Yeah, and then I was flipping out on the way home for two reasons. One, because it's the one night I don't work the overnight that you get the breaking Carlos Correa news. Oh, yeah. Two, because Carlos Correa had signed with the Mets. So let's not make it like it's going to happen guaranteed. It's, but you don't shortchange your lineup like the Rangers did yesterday. They legit played two guys short, and they were both healthy. If they don't have it down cold that Patrick Kane is coming to Broadway. So okay. Kane is going to be a Ranger. And as we keep an eye on that, as the Rangers looking to load up, boy, the Eastern Conference is just, I mean, it is absolutely loaded. This is one of those years you get through the East. I'm not worried about the West. Always in the past, it feels like, although I guess outside of 2012 where the Rangers ended up losing to the Devils in the Conference Finals. That was the one year I felt like that was the Rangers' chance to win a cup, and they lost to the Devils where, you know, the Kings ended up winning. Uh, and obviously a couple years later, Kings were so good, you felt like that was going to be an uphill battle. But anyway, Rangers trying to load up and make their run at the Eastern Conference. You know, we still get into the football stuff and what's going on with the quarterback situation for both the Jets and the Giants as, you know, we're getting closer to decision day to a certain extent where next week, you know, you're going to have to have the uh, decision with Daniel Jones, a franchise tag. That'll have an impact on Saquon Barkley, um, you know, and just awaiting Aaron Rodgers as he has come out of the darkness and we're looking for him to shed some light on the situation. 877-337-6666. Eddie is calling from Brooklyn. What's up, Eddie? What's going on, guys? How's everything? How are you, Eddie? I'm good. I'm good, man. It's a snowy day. It's snowing for the first time in a while. Is it snowing I right wanna... now? We'll get into it's that a little snowing. bit later with our weather expert, Paul Rosenberg. But right now, I, I walked over. It was fine. No, it's just like, you know, like drizzling. Nothing crazy. Hey, can we open this curtain back here so I can see outside? I, oh, yeah, I think I could do that with the switch. I'll do that during the break. Got to see what's going on outside. I just wanted to say how when I got that notification when Donovan Mitchell was traded to the Cavaliers, I was devastated as a fan. I felt like we failed as a team, as an organization. I couldn't believe my eyes. We kept R.J. Barrett, this bum. We kept this guy. 
and, and because of a couple of draft picks, I wouldn't even know who it's going to be. And we, we let go of one of the greatest players that's in the NBA right now. It made me sick to my stomach to see Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in the Brooklyn Nets. Thank God they didn't come, but it just made me sick. Well, of course like, it did. How could lose such a guy like this? I, I will admit, though, Eddie, that I didn't feel as strongly about it at the time as you because I didn't think that Mitchell would make a difference. Now, what the difference was is that I didn't look at Brunson as the star player that he is. I also didn't expect Julius Randle to turn back into all-star form. So you had two things that if the Knicks were counting on themselves, why didn't they make this trade? I have no idea. It makes me sick every day I think about it. It makes me sick. No, I'm sorry to bring it up. I didn't mean to yeah, I didn't mean to make you No, you know what I mean? But RJ Barrett's just like he's not even he's just, just chucking up shots just to, he's terrible. Just to get some playing time. It doesn't I hate him. I hate him. Well, I mean, you don't have to make it personal. And thank you for the call, Eddie. I appreciate checking in. Hate him as a player. I'm with you. I hate him as a player, too. The The thing that I love about him is he's got such a good attitude and the intangibles as far as being a hard worker, as far as a guy who understands New York, wants to be here. The problem is he's just not any good. And if you have a third pick like that, you know, people wonder, oh, how have the Knicks been so bad for 25-plus years or 20-plus years, whatever the exact math is, over 20 years the Knicks have been bad for? How have they been so bad? Well, it's because you don't draft well. And you can look at the times where they've had a number seven pick or whatever it may be, you know, those the bottom, the bottom half of the top ten type picks. And they always miss on that. They always miss the start. But to miss on a top three, you can't do it. And the Knicks have done it twice. Porzingis and R.J. Barrett. Those picks, if you hit and draft the right player, and for the record, I liked Porzingis. Obviously, there were some other issues there. And even if he stayed, who knows what the situation would have been or what the upside would have been with the Knicks. And then you factor in the contract and all that other stuff. But point is, you have an opportunity. Part of the the good of sucking so bad for so long is that you can pick your way out of it. And, man, they've not only been bad, they've been unlucky. And that was maybe the most unlucky of all. We talk about the Jordan Hill, Steph Curry one from years back. But this one was the worst because all that happened, all you needed was the Knicks to have that, even if they fell from the number one pick, if they fell into the second pick. But they fell from number one to number three, which was just a backbreaker. And it's why we're sitting here tonight, even ahead of a big game against the Celtics at the Garden, and saying, what if? What if R.J. Barrett was actually a good player that they took at number three? What if they actually lucked into the number two pick with John Morant? What if they actually made that trade as they should have for Donovan Mitchell? We'd be talking about a team right now, you know, where Randall's a two-time All-Star now. Brunson is a developing star. And Donovan Mitchell is a superstar in the game. You've gotten, that's their big three. Now, is that as good as what the Sixers, Celtics, or Bucks have to offer? Probably not. But it's still, I mean, you're in the conversation at least. I didn't think it was going to be that close. I figured, oh, what's the difference? Donovan Mitchell at this point. The Knicks aren't any good anyway. But I'm counting on Randall from last year. I'm counting on Jalen Brunson being okay, but not star. Johnny is calling from Astoria. What's up, Johnny? Hey, what's up, Sal? This is Johnny Gamble, a.k.a. Johnny from Astoria. I'm at the Pagata and AC Gamble. Yeah, no, we got it. You got a sports point. I don't care what you're doing gambling. Just get to the sports point, please. Absolutely. And shout out to Paul Rosenberg, RFK's finest. Mm -hmm. Okay, what's up? Everything good? 
All so good. listen, I've yeah. heard you a couple of times in uh, in the summer, and you're real salty and balky to me. Bye, balky. Johnny. Thank you. And there's a reason why. Uh, just get to the sports point. Is it that difficult to comprehend? I think I get the point. I don't think you do. I asked you nicely as you go over all these things, Johnny from this and that, the board got it. Just get to the sports point. And you neglected to do so. I don't want to talk about you and me. I don't want to talk about your history. I want to talk about sports. Get to the point. <laughs> Sorry, Johnny. Try again next time. Hayden is calling from Dick's Hills. What's up, Hayden? Uh, I have a question. Um, all the talk around the Jets is about Rodgers and Derek Carr, and I feel like we're completely neglecting the fact that we have an all-pro and a an former MVP in Lamar Jackson currently on the market that hasn't been signed by Baltimore yet. If Even if they do sign him, I don't know why they're not giving Lamar all the attention and not trying to go all in on him. I think he's the best guy for New York. Well, they probably, they probably don't think it's realistic. Hey, we have to see how it plays out and maybe – you know, maybe they feel more comfortable giving up the draft capital for Rodgers. Let's say Baltimore, you know, does the old sign-in trade with Lamar Jackson. You know, the, I don't think the Ravens, me personally, I have a hard time believing the Ravens are going to move on from Lamar Jackson. Oh, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that, too. It's just, I just think in terms of their skill set, who's best for New York, I think Lamar Jackson would personally be a better You wouldn't worry. You Rodgers. wouldn't worry about his injury history? Um, I mean, you could say the same about Rodgers. Wasn't Rodgers injured? No, 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 no. God, no. No, totally different because the style of play. Lamar Jackson plays the position like a running back, and Lamar Jackson has been out, you know, toward the end of the last couple of seasons, hurting his team, whether it be postseason chances, whether it be in the postseason. So uh, for me, and I love Lamar Jackson, I'd have a big issue with committing, you know, $250 million or whatever it is that Jackson wants guaranteed when I know that it's a player who has been often injured and plays the game the style that he does. I mean, it also, too, depends on their offensive line, too. Like, it depends if you're going to be able to be able to keep up with Rodgers in the pocket as a pocket passer with their offensive line. I don't necessarily know if their offensive line will hold up as much because it didn't last season. So it really depends if they make some upgrades, in well, my the, opinion. Yeah, well, that is true because with Lamar Jackson, it doesn't really matter as much. I mean, it, it always matters, but it doesn't matter as much with the offensive line. With Rodgers, you're obviously going to need guys to protect him, and thank you for the call, Hayden. With Rodgers, you need good offensive line play. And once Vera Tucker went down last year for the Jets, they were in trouble. I mean, I don't know if we could even mention Makai Becton because he's always MIA. MIA Becton. They need him. I mean, it'd be great to get him back on the offensive line and build it the way that Joe Douglas had envisioned it being built. But there's, you can't count on that. Although I do think the Jets are going to have a good offensive line this year. As long as Vera Tucker comes back healthy, I think that should be huge. Me, personally, and I love Lamar Jackson as a player, I think the better investment for the Jets is Rodgers. Now, I mean, I was going to say best-case scenario, but best-case scenario is obviously the Jets win a Super Bowl over the next two years with Aaron Rodgers. But let's just say that forget about the results of each season. Best-case scenario is you have a franchise quarterback in Rodgers for two years. Then you're, you're going to have to find the next guy whoever that may be, draft and develop, another free agent, a trade, whatever. In the situation with Derek Carr, in the situ- and I don't like Derek Carr at all. I wouldn't want him, so he wouldn't even be on my radar. I don't care how well he visits. I don't care what the Jets think of him. It's a mistake. Hey, Carr is going to be Kirk Cousins here, and that's not good enough. Not for me, anyway. I mean, you like getting in the postseason, fine. And I get that. The Jets haven't been in the postseason in a while. Carr and other quarterbacks could take him to the postseason, too. I just don't think Carr is very good. I think there's a reason why the Raiders decided to move on from him.
You don't usually give up on franchise quarterbacks like that. But they did. So for me, I would... Lamar Jackson would be a guy that I would invest in more so than Carr, and he would be a guy you'd hope to have long-term, but he wants some big-time guaranteed money, and I really do. There's two question marks about him. One, his ability to stay healthy because of his style of play. Two, can he be an effective enough thrower in the later years because you just cannot play the way that he plays all the time? Jim is calling from Haverstraw. Or Haverstraw, what's up, Jim? What's going on, man? How are you, Jim? So good. I'm fantastic. It's so great to hear you, not at the 2 o'clock hour. Agreed. Yeah, man. So, listen, I'm, I'm happy, right? I'm happy that you're doing this for us because I agree. Barrett, is he's got the perfect demeanor, right? He's busting his hump, but he's the number two guard. He's the off guard. He's got to be the worst player at the hole, at the rim. It's horrible how bad he is, and his jump shot is so bad. One of the worst things that he does, he reminds me so much of Melo when we're down by one with 20 seconds left and he just dribbled. Remember when Melo would just dribble in the corner and then throw up a brick? Yeah. Barrett does not pass the ball. At least Melo, at least Melo, and I know you're not comparing the two as players specifically, but yeah. and, and Melo drove me nuts for other reasons, but at least Melo could shoot and score the basketball. Like, R.J. Barrett's supposed to be, uh, I don't know about that type of player, but he's supposed to be... Yeah. Something comparable to that. You take a player third overall, a two-guard like that, you better be able to score. He can't shoot or score consistently. It drives me nuts. If, well, well I was, more I was getting at is that he doesn't pass the ball. You knew when Melo got the ball at that time, it was like, you know, take the, right. the rest of you and go to the side. But if you watch ISO that, Mello. the next what, what? Yeah, ISO Melo. You take the ball and hog yeah, it. Exactly. ISO Melo. Um, but he will not pass the ball. And I'm telling you, I've never seen a guy who gets up to the rim, his hands in the ball around the rim, and the ball does not go into the basket. And all I want is the guy to do good. But he was supposed to be, like you said, that guy to get us kind of, and he, he, he regressed. Let, like let's, you said. Not even, let's not even look too deep into it, Jim. What is the number one thing you need today in the NBA to succeed as far as an offense goes? The one thing you need your players to possess a skill to, to, to have, or the skill that they need to possess is what? Well, the handle to run. No, well, well, no. Specifically, though, shooting the basketball. Oh, I mean, oh shoot the ball. Yeah, well, yeah it's, it's a game that is, and, and look, I always, you could always say, and thank you for the call, Jim, and I appreciate the kind words. Good to talk to you at a normal hour. The one thing you need in today's NBA is the ability to shoot the basketball. More specifically for a, get this, shooting guard. He's got to be able to shoot the ball. And he can't. And that's a problem. That's the problem. If he was just a lights-out sharpshooter that didn't play defense or didn't attack the rim, you could live with it. But he's all over the place, and he's trying to become a better shooter. You just can't live with him. You can't live with R.J. Barrett. And they, you know, the Knicks got a lot right. Banking on Randall, and Randall's turned into a two-time All-Star. You can't take that away from him. As much as he may drive you nuts or he may frustrate you, whatever. He's a two-time All-Star. He's been really good here, two out of the last three years. Jalen Brunson finding a, I don't know about diamond in the rough, but finding a player that maybe others didn't believe had the potential to be a star, he's been a star. Somewhat of a savior. 
But they made a mistake investing in R.J. Barrett thinking that Barrett would continue to improve. You know, I remember saying it years ago, and even though he did improve to a certain extent and started to prove me wrong a little bit, I remember from early on never believing that he would ever become a good shooter, just based on watching him. So you could see it with your eyes. He's not a good shooter. Uh, Israel calling from Far Far Rockaway. What's up, Israel? How you doing, Sal? What's going on? I just wanted to kind of give a little bit of a devil's advocate here on the R.J. Barrett discussion. Sure. You know, listen, I feel like I feel like this. I feel like a lot of the issues you bring up are obviously true, but I, I want to reflect back. I'm remembering postseason or going into the postseason late in the season two years ago. I think a lot of us are feeling great about him. At the end of the day, he's as the third player on the team right now. He's scoring 20 points a game, which is no small thing in the NBA. I think it's the third guy. Now, Randy's got to work on these on these issues. I agree with you 100. percent but I, I think that, you know, just saying, you know, the idea that he's, that he's a third overall pick is a bust or that, you know, that, that trade was automatic in the summer. People were going loony that we can't trade Barrett. So I think, you know, listen, right now things need to, need to improve. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, I, I think maybe, maybe, you know, Randall last year, we were all going nuts. You got to get this guy out of here. And now we're all thrilled he's here. So I think there might be some room there, you know, in the long term that Barrett may, may, you know, may be able to, you know, pull it back together, so to speak. They, they better hope. And maybe, Israel, and my problem is more so, with the consistency of Barrett, I'm not looking at just the numbers or the inconsistency of R.J. Barrett because you look at it, one night he scores 30, the next night he's scoring 10 or 15, whatever it may be, or four. You can't have that drop-off. He's got to be, and I know, I know, but that's the difference between, you know, I know not everybody's as consistent, but that's the difference between an all-star or not. If Julius Randle could become an all-star, why can't R.J. Barrett? He's got to get to yeah. that level to where you can rely on him. You can't go for 44 points and then uh, you know do nothing the following game or, or whatever, 15 the, the following game, whatever it is. Yeah. There's too many peaks and valleys throughout the course of the season for R.J. Barrett. I agree with you. And I was throwing one other thing. I think the, the real piece, just the final midpoint here, the real piece this team is missing when I look at the other teams that are winners, I, I actually think we got a couple of big-time stars, and I think maybe we, you know, they're not maybe the greatest, but they're, but they're really good. We need a couple of spot-up shooters. You talked about shooting. We need guys who, when those guys are doubled, they can throw it out to them. Boom, three-pointer. The big teams all have those guys, and we don't have them right now. Yeah, no, they they don't have enough. You know, you're right, Israel, and thank you for the call. They don't have shooters. They're trying to improve on that, obviously. You know, Grimes has got to develop into a more consistent shooter. You know, it's why they brought in Fournier, although he's obviously useless. It's why they brought him in a year ago where they made the move to bring in Fournier and Kemba, and I thought that those were going to be decent moves to help them because they clearly didn't have any shooting. Now, those guys were terrible. Emmanuel quickly has, even though he's still inconsistent, I thought quickly after his rookie year was going to be an impactful player as far as one of those guys who was going to knock down the three. Just a catch-and-shoot type guy. He hasn't been that for him. You know, you add Hart, who's been pretty good for him. But again, not that typical, you know, sharpshooter we're talking about here. Obi Toppin, if he never takes another three, I'd be fine with it. Think about this. The Knicks may be two biggest weaknesses. Well, I mean, you want to throw in Fournier's number three. But two of their biggest culprits for why they're not able to take that next step R.J. Barrett and Obi Toppin. Two of their top picks. Obi Toppin's terrible. And that's another mistake they made drafting him knowing that they had Randall.
And again, I guess you could say at the time, well, they didn't think Randall was going to be any good. Yeah, but you know what? Turns out he was. And we know this. Toppin's not. Toppin's good in transition. What good is that? You need somebody to shoot. And the problem, even bigger problem with Obi Toppin, is he thinks he's a shooter. Shot five threes the other night against the Pelicans. Why? One is too many. I don't. Obi Toppin's not a shooter. 877-337-6666. We'll keep it going with your calls on the other side. Sal Akata on the fan. Chargers and the New York Giants have exchanged their draft picks. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Eli Manning and Philip Rivers. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Was just reading, oh, Sal Licata, by the way, was just reading, I uh, was also FaceTiming with my wife. I, you know, I didn't have any time. I finished up the SNY show at 6.30, quickly got changed, took the subway back here, made it in plenty of time, but then I was got up in conversation uh, with Schwein and, and Ack in the newsroom. I haven't seen those two in the same spot in years, probably since the Astoria days. Anyway. Uh, so I didn't FaceTime my wife and baby, so I had to do that in between the break here. Uh, and I did that, and it was very effective. Wife was happy. Baby was happy. Uh, anyway, I was also checking out some of the news. Sham Sharinia of, uh, what is he, Yahoo? Now nah, I don't even know. He was Yahoo. He's, oh, The Athletic. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry, Shams. Uh, he says there's fear that the Lakers star LeBron James is, I'm just reading the tweet verbatim here. That's why I said it that way. LeBron James likely to miss an extended period of time with a right foot injury that he's got going on there. He suffered the injury Sunday in their win over Dallas, played through it, and the belief is that he's going to be sidelined an indefinite amount. That's not good. Now, I know the Lakers are struggling, but some people are starting to think maybe the Lakers are going to turn it on, getting hot at the right time, going into the postseason. Well, that's a problem. So LeBron could be out for a while. Anyway, what does it mean uh, in, in when it, uh, regards to the Knicks or in, it, as it pertains to the Knicks? No, absolutely nothing. doesn't mean anything. Knicks and Celtics underway at the world's most famous, so we'll keep you up to date on that. Keep your calls going. We'll talk to Danny Wex coming up at 8 o'clock. Go around spring training a little bit, see what she's learned from the Mets and others. Uh, I know she was with the Cardinals and Astros. Not that we care about that, but just get a feel for what's going on in spring training from Danny. Talk about the rule changes and all that stuff. Uh, as well. 877-337-6666. Lenny is calling from Edison. Good evening, Lenny. Hey, Sal. How you doing, man? You're surely a man for all seasons. You kind of grew on me, but I wanted to talk to you a little bit about R.J. Barrett. He, he's young, isn't he? He's only like 22 years old. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, no, I mean, he's still got time to develop, right? I mean, like you said, he could score 30, he could score four, right? He's up and down. Right. But I think he's still trying to find his identity on the Knicks, you know right. I mean? I, I think I think I don't think he's a loser. I think we can still develop this guy, and if we can develop him, then we got it. We got something. He'll be right? twenty three. He'll be twenty three in June. So I mean, he's still a young player, sure. But yes, you're you're right. And I don't know where along the the way I, I didn't say that. I said if he can reach consistency with right. his potential, if he could do that consistently, then the Knicks could get to another level. But that's what's holding him back. Is Barrett just throws a horrible pass turning the ball over, that infuriates me, even at 8-5 in the first quarter. I mean, I just – see, those are the things – you're right. He's a young player, and they're banking on him developing. But this year has been a regression for him so far, Lenny. Yes, he has. He's been a disappointment. Quickly's been great, though, for us. I mean, Quickly's really come through for us this year. Hasn't right, he? but he's not the player that Barrett is supposed to be. If you right. look at the Knicks and look at their roster, where would you want to upgrade? Where would you want to swap out – 
you know, a player that they have for a start. So not Jalen Brunson, obviously. You can't say Julius Randle because he's been a two-time All-Star. You know, the other right. guys, Robinson's fine at center. I mean, would you want somebody that could shoot the ball uh, better at center? Maybe stretch the floor a little bit, but he's different. He's a rim protector. He's a guy that's going to rebound. So he brings a different right. element to the team. You know, Grimes a young player as well. But where are you, you know, where are you improving? Right now I look at R.J. Barrett and say, well, this guy was a third pick. He's supposed to be... Uh, an all-star type or close to it, and he's just not. He's been so inconsistent. That's why I no. look at him as maybe being the X factor and maybe the biggest culprit for why they're struggling. And maybe we should have made that trade, right? Trading him and getting that uh, great all-star player that we didn't get, right? Well, that's kind of the point, but I don't think that it was holding him back. I mean, well, let me ask you, if you could swap R.J. Barrett for Donovan Mitchell right now, would you do it? Absolutely. Right. Okay. So they, they didn't do it because of the amount of draft picks, I guess, that Cleveland wanted or that Utah wanted. But, I mean, if you could do it now, you'd do that. And I bet you the Knicks would probably do it as well because where are they getting that star player if Barrett doesn't turn into one? And we've been unlucky. We could have got John Morant if we just uh, got a decent draft pick. We could have had him. Well, I mean, that's what I, was, it's what I was saying before, Lenny, and thank you for the call, that not only have the Knicks been bad, they've also been unlucky. That's a year where they were supposed to have the number one pick, whether you were on the Zion side whether you were on the John Morant side like I was, either way, they were supposed to have the number one pick. And you figured, all right, well, at worst, if they get screwed like they typically do, they'll fall into the second spot. And instead, they fell not to number two, but all the way to number three. And the difference between R.J. Barrett and the top two is significant. So they were bad and unlucky. Dino was calling from Quorum. What's up, Dino? Hey, Sal. How you doing, buddy? How are you, Dino? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I, listen, I agree with everything you're saying about RJ. I, I really do. I, you gave him some props in regards that he can handle New York, all that. He had a little blip this year, you know. But overall, see, the only difference that I that with me and you is I actually like him. And I like him because of the reasons that you said that you gave him props for, that he likes being here. You know, he's got grit. He really does. I th- and I do believe, I am on the belief that a lot of guys take three, four, five years in this league, and just like hockey, to develop. Now, um, if you look at here's one thing I haven't heard you guys bring up. He, he's actually shooting over 48% just for two-pointers. Right. It's crazy. He should just stick to, just like you said, don't do threes. Well, right. Threes. Attack the rim. If that's what you're going to do, attack. that's his strength. Attack the rim then. Now, and he can improve at free throw shooting, which he has done since he came into the league. He improved on free throw shooting. But stop shooting the three. Now, the problem is the Knicks, but the Knicks are going to need a three-point shooter. So Grimes has got to develop into that consistently, quickly. Sure. Maybe they need you know Hart to knock down more threes, whatever it may be, or they got to go get one. But R.J. Barrett is, in an ideal world, supposed to be able to do both, like Donovan Mitchell. Attack the rim if you need to, have the mid-range, Jay, and also knock down a three. But Barrett can't do it. I'd prefer he just stick to his strength. I agree. I got one more question. 100% I agree. And hopefully he, he finds that game and he says, I'm a two-point guy. I'll score my 25-27 on twos. The other question I have, who else after that draft really are, are much better than him overall that you see are, are much better? Because it's not the Knicks' fault that they picked him at three. To be honest with you, they might have might, might, made the, the, the correct pick. Well, I, I got to look at the draft again. I wasn't really looking behind R.J. Barrett because I just knew at the time they were screwed. I mean, that was the issue where 
and it's not their fault. I mean, it's not like they chose R.J. Barrett over John ja Morant. We would hope that they wouldn't right. do that. But once they fell to the number three pick, I'm just saying in general, where you look at it, Dino, it's a problem for a franchise that hasn't been able to get out of their own way in 20-plus years. Well, you look at how, and the reason is because they don't draft well, whether it's with the 7th pick, the 12th pick, the ninth pick, whatever it may be, the 3rd pick. That's the problem, and I'm not saying that there was somebody better at that particular spot. I'll look back and just go over it, but either way, you can't second-guess it unless you would, say, trade down. My thinking at the time was it doesn't, and thank you for the call, Dino. appreciate you checking in. It doesn't work the way that the Knicks made it seem it works, where, okay, well, Zion was the consensus best player, so he goes number one. John Morant, consensus number two pick, so he goes number two, and he'll be the second best player. R.J. Barrett, well, he's the next man up, consensus number three pick. He'll be the third best player. It doesn't work like that. You you at times have to be creative and find somebody, even if it means trading down and finding that a player that you think has the potential to be better than the consensus top pick. Obviously, John Morant was better than Zion, so number two turned out to be the best player in the draft. But the point was really that it doesn't matter how. I'm not necessarily faulting the Knicks on Barrett specifically. You could blame them for not trading the picks along with Barrett for Donovan Mitchell. You can maybe second guess and say, or not second guess, first guess, whatever it is at the time, just say, hey, you know what? I don't love this player. Don't be forced into it just because you have the third pick. Because I'll admit, I knew nothing about Barrett at the time. I watched very little of him at Duke because we were all watching Zion. So I'd see a little bit about what Barrett was doing, but to me, it's you can't you don't know what's going to happen from college to the NBA anyway. You could see certain things that you like, but reading the scouting report on him, and I did this on the air. We were doing this on the air during the during the draft or before the draft. The thing I didn't like about Barrett was that he's a shooting guard, where the issue was that he couldn't shoot. That's the report I read. Furthermore, his strength is attacking the rim. But his weakness is shooting free throws. Like, that doesn't add up to me. So you're only drafting that player, not based on what he's done, but you're hoping that he's going to get better. Where I don't think shooting for a shooting guard should be a major area of weakness when you're getting selected third overall. And I certainly don't think shooting free throws. You know, this isn't a big man. It's not Mitch Robinson here. When I talk about a center that's having trouble with free throws, a shooting guard that strength is attacking the rim has issues shooting free throws. Those are what I call red flags. Rob is calling from Bellport. What's up, Rob? Yeah, what's up, Sal? How are you doing tonight, bro? Good, Rob. How are you? Uh, I just want to shout out my podcast. I'm joking. I don't want to <laughs> shout out my podcast <laughs> on your thing. <laughs> yeah. But, uh... What's the call again? I got two quick things since the Knicks came up. I was calling about the the Jets situation, but while while I got you off the uh, the Knicks, like the Knicks, in my opinion, they will not be a good team as long as Julius Randle and Thibodeau is there. Like I'm a Bulls fan, and Thibodeau ruined the Bulls. Whatever good that we had with Derrick Rose and them, he like yeah, it was a product of their his environment, but he's just like not a good coach. Oh, he's been he gone have- for a while, and the Bulls still suck. Why is who are you blaming now? Oh no, Bulls man ownership is horrible at the same token, you know? Right. So it takes two to tangle. Like I, I, I get that too. The Bulls are miserable, like with Zach Levine and them paying him a, like a maybe a three C guy, mm-hmm. like all that money, that's not cool. And that's like the same level I see Randall as, like a Zach Levine type guy. Like 
yeah, he's an all right basketball player, but like he's getting prime time minutes and looks. And I, in my opinion, those looks should be going to friggin' what's his name, uh, RJ. He's oh, the kid. Yeah, but R- the- yeah, but RJ is not that guy. And look, the Knicks are winning with Julius Randle. You know, I gotta say this to you, Rob, because it's been so infrequent that I've had the ability to say this. The Knicks are better than the Bulls. Oh, 100%. I know, but I love it. I'm here for it. I don't care what year it is. The Knicks are better than the Bulls. Yeah, the, uh, I, I get what you're I'm loving every minute of it. Oh, from. no, I hate the Bulls. Your... I've always hated the Bulls. <laughs> these are your Patrick Ewing days coming out of you. You better believe it. Ewing, Starks, what do you got? I'd headbutt you if I could right now. Yeah, so freaking, but th- that, that, that's how I feel. Like, I, 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 I agree with you. The Bulls are bottom tier, man. They're a pathetic fr- franchise right now. Until ownership goes, we're screwed. But as long as Randall has the keys to the Mercedes Benz, man, like, I don't know. How do you draft well, the guy number three and, and don't give him the keys to the Benz? Well, you know? it's, J- it's Jalen Brunson, Robin. Thank you for the call. Appreciate you checking in, Bulls fan. You too, Rosie, you front running Bulls fans. Take it out of here with that garbage. Boo! This would be me. Jordan, screw you! Boo! Starks is going to own you! You know, I once said to, uh, speaking of which, I once said, and Ak, you could chime in here, I once said to Derek Jeter's face as he was walking off the bus into Shea Stadium ahead of one of the early Subway Series games, probably 1998, said to his face, uh, Derek, you wish you could feel like Ray. You wish you could feel like Ray. And like Louis Soho was laughing it up, I think Cone gave me the finger. But I told him flat out to his face, yeah, no. I was like, Cody, that's not my, you. You were mad. I didn't want to offend that's you. That's my favorite part. Go on, Cody gave me the finger. Yeah. Jeter just laughed it off. Yeah, yeah he's like, okay, you idiot. Meanwhile, I was an idiot. Jeter, Still you, you wish you, exactly. Some things never change. You wish you could feel like Ray. All right, you're all right with the bat, but you wish you could feel like Ray. Can you imagine me saying that to him? Yeah, Ray was 34 back in 98. I remember calling Bill Daltrey, too, one day on the fan in the afternoon saying, you remember that was a big debate here, Ak. You remember it. You hear Ordonez versus Jeter. Yeah. This had to be 96, you know, around then, 96, 96. Oh, Ray, I think I love defense. So that's before the SI cover thing then with the greatest infield of all time. Might have been right around that same. Oh, oh yeah, before that. Yes, yeah, of course. that's what yeah, I'm saying. Right. I, I thought you were talking about the cover with all the shortstops with their shirts off. No, no, the, the Mets-related cover, yeah. Old Rude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was right before that. Uh, anyway. All right, 877-337-6666. And... You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.